Hello and welcome to the pilot episode of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a brand new podcast dedicated to a struggling Heart of Midlothian football club. Um, I'm your host, Adam Kennedy, and joining me today is my good friend, Daniel McIver. Daniel, how are you? All right, we've, we've picked the perfect time to start this podcast. <laughs> Joint bottom. We, we certainly have. have. Um, so we've got a couple of things that we're going to discuss. Obviously, the main one being yesterday, we're recording this on the Sunday, uh, yesterday's defeat to St. Johnston at Tynecastle in Daniel Stendhal's first match in charge of the Jambos. Um, I guess there's no place other to start than what did you think initially once Hearts had confirmed Daniel Stendhal as the new manager? I think, like many, it was a bit too late in terms of how long we'd been without a manager. I think the appointment should have been done a lot further ahead of time, but obviously we now know that with the whole Barnsley compensation thing that is still ongoing and looks like it will be ongoing for a long time. (laughs) It's understandable why it took that length of time. I initially thought we weren't going to get him. When Stendhal's name was initially linked, I thought it was one of the ones like David Moyes and stuff like that, where it was like, right, we're not going to be able to get that. Yeah, like some some pie in the sky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because he's been an unmitigated success wherever he's been so far. Yes, he's been sacked from his last two jobs. When you look at it, he's never had less than a 60% win ratio. Barnsley fans love him, want him to do really well. So I was like, we're not going to get him. When it was announced, I thought it was fantastic. Obviously, he's without his assistants just now, Stern and Tonge, or however the hell you say that last name, I don't actually can, but we're going with that. But <laughs> obviously, he's going to need time. I think yesterday showed that, which we will get into. But it's a, I think it's a fantastic appointment. He's a man who has a style, a clear, distinctive way of playing, and I think it's a style that Hearts fans want to see. If the current squad can actually be able to play that style, we don't know. However, I am very happy with the appointment in and of itself. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I echo those exact thoughts. I mean, the the high press attacking element of his game, I think, is a style that we've been craving probably probably since. Would I go as far as to say our first season back in the Premiership? I was about to say, maybe yeah, um, the season after the Championship was the last yeah, time I remember it. I, yeah, because I mean, under Nielsen, I there were times where we would we would perform really well against teams that I think we should be beaten anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, the last two seasons, the brand of football is not great. It, Bar maybe the start of last season, yeah. And I think I think the 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 changing point for me when we started going a little bit more conservative, if you like, was probably probably Rangers away last season, mm-hmm. the th- the three one defeat. Yeah. Because ultimately that first half, I don't I don't think we showed any attacking intent, and even then our goal came at, when we were already three 0 down. Yeah. So it. I think, ultimately, at home, in particular, we should be just coming, flying out the blocks and just battering teams, getting ahead and then taking it from there, if you see what I mean, rather than mm-hmm. rather than the opponents having to do something and us reacting as a result of 
them scoring or them flashing a chance narrowly wide or whatever. And I think, I mean, again, we'll get into it in a minute, but the first few minutes of the St. Johnston game, you kind of saw that. And it yeah. was kind of like, okay, this could be something. And then the worry just now is with Stendhal is that in his post-match comments after yesterday, he said that he, he clearly has a lot more work than he expected to do. And I think mm. yesterday was a proper eye-opener for him because training's one thing. He knew whatever the fuck he want in training. However, when it comes to a game, that's when it really shows what the actual what the players are actually like. And I think Stendhal's got a big job on his hands. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I totally agree. I think I think we 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 will obviously discuss the St Johnston game at length, the playing personnel and whatever. But like you say, there was points yesterday where I was thinking, if I was him, would I really consider this? noteworthy like why why would i be taking this on mm-hmm. like is is he missing the game that much that i mean he's he got sad by barnsley not even that long ago yeah so is he is he just craving a saturday game or just some total football maniac that he can't wait for like a proper not a proper opportunity because i mean this the hearts job on paper is a very attractive proposition yeah what he has been left with is far from that and I think just now we need to close the game at length because yesterday just certainly was not good enough by any manner of means. Well, yesterday we Hearts played St. Johnson at Tynecastle. Both teams were joint bottom of the Premiership with, I think, alongside Hamilton and St. Mirren, potentially. I think that's right. I think I think they were all on 12 points, yes. if I remember correctly. Yes. So... Um, Debatably, the worst two teams in the league. St. Johnson had scored the the least amount of goals in the league beforehand. Hearts had conceded the second most amount, and you looked at that going. Stendhal's first game at Tynecastle at home, a lot more fans were turning up as it, they see it as a new time, a new era starting at Tynecastle. As I hinted at a few minutes ago, the opening five minutes was positive. I wouldn't say it was good, but it was positive. You could see that they seemed to have an idea of what was going on. However, well, first, before we get in the actual game, talk about the team selection. When you saw that lineup, what was your first reaction? My first reaction was probably the surprise inclusion of Aidan Keener. Yeah. Um, I think, at the minute, the back four picks itself. There's obviously a contention with the goalkeeper or whatever. The midfield, ultimately, he had Jake Mulraney suspended. Mm-hmm. There's not a, there's not a lot you can do on the flanks really, um, as has been publicised for ages now. The miss of Peter Haring is just killing us, mm-hmm. uh, really, really and truly. Obviously, no Naismith, but my my thinking was McLean and Keena up front. I felt as though it had to be one or the other, plus probably Uchi. If I if I'm being totally honest, um, yeah, absolutely. So well, for those who didn't see it. I'll run through the team just now. It was Bobby's Lamal and goals after he came back into the team last week. Michael Smith and Aaron Hickey as two fullbacks. Baron Halkett in the middle. And then it looked like it started as a 4-4-2 with yeah. Clear on the left, Walker on the right. Or vice versa. Or vice obviously. versa because they yeah. changed a couple of times. Bizarre yeah. and Whelan in the middle and then two up top of uh, Stephen McLean and Aidan Keena. And I think that was the big thing when everybody looked at that and went, oh, Uchi's on the bench. Is he hurt? Has he picked up a niggle? 
Is he tired? Does Stendhal not want to play him in that system? But then you looked at it, and then obviously later on in the game, Uche came on, and actually I felt was one of the few players who had a decent game. You do kind of have a question mark being like, what's happening? But I think the logic was he just wants to see what he has on offer. So, so do you mean by these? This isn't perhaps my strongest eleven, but whoever could be a squad player type thing. Yeah. So I just I think Stendhal went right. Here's a list of all my players. I'm just going to play them all today as much as I can and see what works. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a bad shout. Ultimately, though, I think I think the 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 primary frustration is probably the fact that that team on paper should be good enough to beat St Johnston and ultimately doesn't and I think I don't know I just yesterday it was just it was was odd like really odd like you say we we didn't start that badly till probably about I think it was maybe a quarter of an hour in Mm -hmm. yeah and then I think everybody's eyes opened as to how suspect we are at the back in particular well this is Mm. the big thing so in the media over the past few days craig gordon has announced that he is looking to be leaving celtic potentially we're gonna bring this up so yeah (laughs) potentially as early as january he wants to be away and in a kind of speculation i tweeted that i would love craig gordon in january i think most hearts fans would However, I think everyone leapt on that bandwagon, mate. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. I, I also was... Yeah, I mean, the, the first time that story emerged, I tweeted that I'd take him in a heartbeat, and obviously it emerged again at the weekend, but on you go, sorry. Well, I think now, for those who weren't on the bandwagon before three o'clock yesterday <laughs> afternoon, are firmly on the bandwagon when the full-time whistle went, because, listen... We have three goalkeepers just now. One of them is a Irish international. The other one has a contract at Manchester United. Regardless of how they're doing just now and have done for the past few years, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And the other one is our number one keeper. And our number one keeper, if you go by squad numbers, started yesterday. And I haven't told you this yet. However, probably the first moment where Hart started to look shaky was when, for those who haven't seen it, a ball goes over the top. Halkett seems to leave it because he thinks... Either he thinks that Bobby's right behind him, he thinks Berra's covering for him, or he just has a lapse of concentration. But the ball goes through, and Bobby just rushes out and has one of the most calamitous moments ever. I can't remember who it was. It might be Matty Kennedy. I don't think... It, I can't remember who it was. Rounds him. I, I think it was. It potentially was Matty Kennedy. Yeah. Rounds him. Somehow doesn't score... I think Aaron Hickey handled it. I'm not being funny. I think he handled it because I was at that side. Um, I think he handled it, but regardless, Hickey is on the line, puts his body in front of it, keeps it out, and then it falls to someone else, and Bobby still makes a nightmare save of it. Everyone in my section stood up and laughed. Jesus. And that happened several times during the game because you just think, how is this the level we're at? It's it's frightening. And obviously you were in the wheat field. I was in the main stand. Mm-hmm. So immediately, and I'm quite high up as well. I'm about row 34 or something. Mm-hmm. So as, as soon as I see him rushing, I'm just thinking, what on earth are you doing? And then 
like you say, it's one that I'll need to check on sports scene later, obviously. Yeah. He, he rounds Zlamal with such ease. And I was thinking, oh my God. But Aaron Hickey, I mean, yesterday, as much as we were poor, I thought he was probably our best player on the park Aaron yesterday. Hickey thought, was back to his old form. Yeah, it really was. I, and I, I, it comes down to probably the well-needed rest. I think yeah. him injuring himself in that Livingston warm-up was actually what he needed, as bizarrely as bizarre as that sounds. Do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Because Absolutely, he, because he's obviously Hearts fans and kind of Scottish media have very much jumped on Aaron Hickey in terms of he's clearly debatably the best academy player we've brought through in the last few years already. But Patterson oh. is one that you think of previously. Walker was, and then you look at Cochrane just now. But Hickey seems to be above them in terms of his age. However, it's not been any fault of his own. It's just with his age, he's not ready yet to be playing the amount of football we sadly need him to be playing. And ultimately, the ushering him as a left back, he's obviously played right back. Mm-hmm. He's played as one of three centre halves, yeah. which it just absolutely baffles me. See, the minute I saw that team that took on Rangers at Ibrox and, mm-hmm. and got scudded 5 0. There was a part of me that thought, "All right, I, I mean, it's not it's not the worst eleven, but ultimately, you cannot be throwing a young seventeen year old or whatever he is boy as one of three centre halves against arguably the most clinical striker in Scotland." Obviously, I mean, you, you need to look at Alfredo Morelos's record. I mean, today, today he scored twenty seven goals. We're in mid December, yeah. like. When will Hearts hit 27 goals is my question. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, him Next as December. one of the three markers, just, it absolutely baffled me. But I thought yesterday, funnily enough, in his correct position, mm-hmm. I thought he was I thought he was excellent yesterday. Yeah, one of, he shoot. definitely was. He got one in the match, and I think it was fully deserved. Um, the biggest issue with me, for me yesterday, was it seemed that, as you said, after that initial quarter there period, it seemed that they just went back to Levine tactics, where they yeah. just were pass, 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 all along the back, and then Berra just lumping it long. And you could see, again, as you said, I was in the wheat field, you were in the main stand, but because you were so high, I assume you saw the same thing I saw, Stendhal just screaming at them to be yeah. pushing up. He was so animated, he was furious. I remember there was a point in about the 70th minute where Michael Smith gets the ball, looks for Glenn Whelan, but Glenn Whelan's tying these laces, so plays it to Bazanich, I mean, and then Bazanich, then Bazanich just passes it to Glenn Whelan as he's tying his laces, when Aaron Hickey had made a run down the wing, and Stendhal was just losing his mind. Was that the one where he leapt up and kind of had his hands down by his yeah, side? Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh. The, biggest... the, mid- the midfield's obviously another debate, but I mean... Out that out that back four, I thought Hickey was the outstanding candidate by a mile. Oh, absolutely. And I think now we need to talk about Oliver Bazanich. I'd rather not, but on you go. I honestly think that is... Now, probably, I can't think, but the, I most likely have done, but I can't think of a worse midfield performance in at least the last five years. Like, I, he was horrific there was times where he put in a good set piece in the second half 
it was a free kick and it nearly led to a goal-scoring opportunity. But he took almost every corner and it never beat the first man. He had he was for some reason crucial to all passages of play in the middle. But I don't think he made two passes concurrently. And then he seemed to be getting annoyed at everyone else around him when it was clearly him playing us into trouble. I mean, I, I'm I'm really struggling to see what he actually does. Like, yeah. it, it comes to the point where you think the fans are investing all this money in the club, keeping the club alive. What what are you doing in training to try and repay these fans? Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't I don't see it. You're on about the delivery. Uh, that one of my biggest pet hates at the football is a set piece that does not go past the first man. Mm-hmm. What is the point? I mean, we've got some big boys at the back, your Beras, Halkits, whoever. It's infuriating. And this this hasn't just been a recent occurrence for Bazanich. No. I can recall, I think it was Far Hill in the Cup last season, the way at Partick. His, his set-piece delivery is appalling. Yeah. And then you start to wonder what you do. Like you say, his passing's not great. He runs about, but I mean... Anyone with no conviction he just kind of dots about and doesn't look like he's doing anything but it kind of gives the impression that he is because he's constantly moving and to be honest him and Whelan don't work because it feels like he does Whelan's running for him Mm -hmm. but still doesn't doesn't contribute in any attacking or defensive sense yeah he seems shy of a tackle the obvious pass is just wiped from his brain he's allergic to a forward ball (laughs) Oh, it's infuriating. Um, but obviously, we can't talk about him without touching on Glenn Whelan as well. What's I said, happened to him? You tell me. I mean, I, I said that Bizanich was woeful yesterday. Glenn Whelan should be no different from any sort of criticism. If anything, I mean, this is a Republic of Ireland international, played in the Premier League for however long with Stoke, was a key cog in Villa's promotion-winning season last season. And I just, I don't, I honestly don't know what's happened. It's like, I think the one outstanding performance from Glenn Whelan was at Easter Road. I think his Easter Road performance was fantastic. And I think before that as well, there were times in the game where he was always quiet, but he was always ticking away and he was always looking for a pass. So even if he wasn't doing anything spectacular, you could always go, listen, Whelan had an all right game. But I'd say in the past month, he's just... And listen, when Aaron Hickey's having bad performances, or even, we'll go because I think he wasn't great yesterday, I think Craig Halkett, Craig Halkett was weird yesterday, how he would do a really good thing, then just instantly play himself into trouble. It was really weird. But even with Hickey, Halkett, and stuff like that, you can still go, listen, they're young. Halkett's only 23. In the grand terms of football, that is still quite young. Hickey's 17. But with Whelan, as you said, like over 600 games in the Premier League and Championship, a experienced, experienced head, debatably the most experienced head, you could argue in the Premier League, apart from like Jermaine Defoe and stuff like that. A bloody career he's had. A yeah. very career he's had. You look at him and go, you need to be a player that just pulls everybody else up. You need to go, right, we're in a terrible situation. He didn't come to the club for a relegation battle, but we're in it now. And he needs <laughs> to just improve and he needs to do it very fast because he might not it, it's only a year deal 
and Stendhal might not even want him to stay for that year. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it really is bizarre. I mean, and he obviously, like I like I touched on there, he's he's had a good career. So I mean, he's not he's not here to make paper essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll, I mean, I'm assuming he'll be on a fair whack given the career he's had. Yeah, but at the minute, it's just it's just not justified. And like you touched on there briefly, his leadership in a team that is so bereft of any kind of idea and fight and leadership he's one of the first ones that you turn to if, if i'm going to the war and i want somebody in the trenches with me i'm looking at glenn whelan probably first and foremost and ultimately in the past few weeks i just i, I don't i don't know what's going on i really don't know what's going on with them well before we finish uh, there's two more things i want to touch on before we get too depressed I want to I want to ask your thoughts on the reception that Sean Clare received as he went off. Bang out of order. I fully agree. There was a mix Bang of out order. For those who either weren't in attendance or missed it or anything like that, Sean Clare was substituted was it for Ucci? Uh my, yeah it was. It was. Oh no, right. it was Machino. It no, it was it was Ferrucci because Machino came on at half time for Kina. Oh, he did, of course. Of yeah, course. it was Ferrucci, so, right? You were right initially. Go with your gut. Of course, thanks. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Ucci is gonna be. Ucci's a fan favorite. He's been one of the few people this season who have actually been at a consistent level performance wise. And he, and as I said earlier at the start of this, I actually felt he came on and had a decent game. Um, however, Sean Clare sees his numbers up. Listen, Sean Clare didn't have a good game yesterday, but there were many people, two of which we've mentioned already, had far worse games than Sean Clare. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he was one of the worst players in the park yesterday. Yeah, wasn't great. wasn't did wasn't didn't do a lot, but ultimately, I think if you're if you're looking to carve out chances, I I don't see how one of the the other two central midfielders stays on the park, mm-hmm. and ultimately, I think. Sean Clare had been crying out for this central midfield role. And in games like this, when you're chasing the game, yes, his head might be down. We know about his issues with a sports psychologist, whatever. But I think there's no greater chance for him to try and dig us out of the hole that we found ourselves in yesterday. And I think... I I don't know. The Clare... The Clare, the Clare debacle, let's say, mm. it, it doesn't... It just irks me a little bit because I don't get the fans. Listen, I'm one of the first to criticise. Like, obviously, I get upset, I get emotional. It's part of being a jambo, I suppose. Yeah. But I don't. I would never sarcastically cheer them off. Or I mean, I'm assuming there was booze as well. Well, this this was the in thing. In my section, it was just sarcastic cheers and clapping and whatever. So most so. of what I saw was sarcastic cheers and clapping, and I think almost that's worse. Because, yeah, I agree. Because if you boo a player going off, I personally think that's out of order anyway, because you're going, you're not good enough, which kind of suggests, okay, what are they going to do? But if you sarcastically cheer and clap someone going off, what you're insinuating there is we'd be better if you weren't on the park. Never hmm. mind a substitute. Even if we went down to 10 men, you we'd be better if you off the park. And my reaction is very simple. It's going, right, why should Sean Clare play well for us then? <laughs> like, if he's, you know, you know he's what the counter argument is though the counter argument will be that 
we're here to pay our money to watch the club. If he's if he's obviously talked about aspirations of playing in the Premier League, if he can't cut it at Hearts, then that ship's going to sail. Absolutely. Which, which I get. Definitely. But the argument is, listen, yeah. we are both in employment, just uh-huh. generally in jobs. Imagine if, as we were leaving our work, people sarcastically clapped, being like, oh, now we'll actually get work done. He'd be like, right, fine. I'm going to come in here and just do nothing then. So, obviously, if Sean Clay's a professional, he won't react like that. I'm definite he'll want to come out, he'll want to prove people wrong, as you said. He's sports psychologist stuff, he's taken an interest in his own mental health, which is obviously fantastic. But, I just sat there and just thought, this is the state we're in, where we're sarcastically applauding our own players going off. And you've touched on the, the sports psychologist stuff as well, but... On the same score, another counter-argument that some fans will no doubt throw at us is the fact that he comes out in the press and says, we're ready to adapt to Stendhal's like, style and whatever. We're ready, like we're prepared, all this jazz. Why, why can they not just keep their trap shut and go Definitely. and give a performance on a Saturday? But the I argument like... is, if they're told to do media stuff, he's not going to come out and be like, we're not ready for this, by the way. This is going to be like no, a year of away. Course, of course not. <laughs> But I mean, there's actions speak louder than words. Yes, definitely. And if you if you're if you're prepared to spout all this stuff in the media, go and show it to us on a Saturday. Like, it takes two to tangle. I yeah, don't. Yeah. You, if you're if you're gonna say something, back it up. And ultimately, I know looking at your tweets yesterday. I mean, we'll talk about Stuart Cosgrove and oh, what. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. But. Uh, but yeah, I I think I I feel for Claire because I don't think he's one of our worst players at the minute. I really don't. And there is there is something in there somewhere. I'm I'm convinced of it. But where it is right now, I don't know. And I think ultimately, I was thinking like a loan spell would do him, or just some time at the team, something along those lines. Um, but we'll wait and see what happens with him. Um. But, however, whilst the, whilst the fans were getting on Sean Clare, I don't want an academy graduate treated any differently. And Jamie Walker yesterday wasn't great. I thought um, he was all right. I, I think he was, he was certainly the best out the midfield. Yeah, he wasn't amazing, me. but he was he at least... But looked ultimately, like when you look at the rest of the midfield, I think you or I could have been better than yeah. at least two of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, And... For me, the Walker debate is another one amongst fans. Personally, I feel as though his best position, and always has been, is in the hole. Yeah, I, number 10. Yeah, I don't like him ushered out on the right. But on the same score, I can't believe I'm about to mention his name for the first time, but Craig Levine did not sign any right midfielders yeah. whilst in charge. Mm-hmm. And last season was heavily dependent on Callum Morrison until he got injured. So, and then we ushered out like Ollie Lee or somebody on the right-hand side, Arno Jum, whoever. But Walker is more capable than the names I've just mentioned playing on the right, Mm -hmm. but that isn't his preferred position. No, definitely not. In the absence of Stephen Naismith, and I think Machino likes to play in the hole as well, Mm -hmm. he should be the main man in terms of creating chances. And I get that, being out on the right 
isn't is doing him no favours. But I was still expecting a little bit more yesterday, and I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, this this is the thing. I think Walker, as we said just there, he definitely showed probably the best signs out of the midfield. He looked like he was going for it, but you see it almost in his play where he he's he's clearly been told, I think, to just hit the byline and play a ball in. And you can tell that he's almost fighting against himself to do it because he wants to cut in, but he's he's a right mid. So he's like, oh no, wait, I can't do that. Because if I lose the ball, I'm in out of position. So I fully agree. If we could have like almost a 4-2-3-1, which I think we transitioned to in the second half. I think we had McLean. Yeah, it was like McLean with um, Walker, Machino, and who else was it? Well, this is it. I mean, you probably didn't... It was Claire, probably. Yeah. By the way, the three in behind McLean, like, I think Machino hogged the left-hand side primarily. Mm -hmm. As for what Claire and Walker were doing, I really don't know. Like, Walker was probably on the right. So then I'm wondering, where the hell is Sean Claire? Yeah. And it doesn't... It doesn't seem to make any sense to me. I I agree with you in that I think 4-2-3-1 probably should be the go-to anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but as for who the three are in support of, most likely Uchi because yeah, we're going to touch on the forwards anyway. But I have to say, I did feel for Stephen McLean yesterday, um, because because of the three in behind them. I I like Queen Machino, um, but I don't think he's as good on the flank either. No. I think it's kind of similar to Jamie Walker in the sense that yes, he can be put out there, but Ultimately, he's wanting to make things happen in the middle, and Claire's probably sh- should be then shoved out on the right. But I mean, we are we are crying out for wingers, mm-hmm. and I think probably since the likes of Billy King, Sam Nicholson, and whoever left, we just I don't think we have replaced them. We've replaced mm-hmm. them with stuff like with stuff like Chuli. Do you remember him? Oh God, I I actually thought he was. Okay, I didn't oh, think he was. Oh. I didn't think he was terrible, but he got four assists in like seven games. Jesus. No one's had that since. Christ, I didn't think. Well, a couple of them came against Motherwell, I think. Yeah, but when that doesn't matter. Calves bagged a few, yeah. but we're Still. not going to. We're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about even darker times. No. <laughs> um, well, I but... wanted to, because we were speaking about players speaking in the media and stuff like that. Um, going to a person who is apparently just a mute and we never hear about but as we said got his start yesterday how did you feel Aidan Keener got and especially when he only got a half how did you feel he did Um, not great yeah. if I'm honest I think I, I like I like the lad but I love him I think I think the lower leagues at the minute is where he belongs. And listen, whilst he's been out alone at Queen's Park, he's he's too good for that level. Mm-hmm. I think they were playing in League One actually when when yeah. he was alone there and then got relegated. So he's too good for League One. I've got a dumb firm one, mate, and he's yeah. that he's one of the best strikers they've had in the last few years. I've uh, I've got a couple that I was at college with as well because I obviously went to college in Fife, mm-hmm. yeah. and and they're they're Pars fans and. Yeah, they were they were genuinely gutted to see him because I think he was recalled in January he by Levine. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's where his immediate future lies. I do think 
there is there has to be something because he's an under twenty under twenty one Irish international, yes, yes, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So there's clearly something there. He's out but, of contract in the summer though. Oh, so but at the minute I don't I don't think he's what we need. I think we need somebody somebody established or established to more of an extent, like talking on Dunfermline there. I mean, the lad Kevin Nisbet's banging them in for mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. So I, I don't know what his contract situation is, but supposed links to Rangers and whatever. I mean, maybe maybe he's worth a, a gamble. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's necessarily. I mean, no who was no who him. was worth the gamble that wasn't a gamble that we should have went with. Lauren Shankland. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or do you know do you know who else wasn't a gamble that. Mm-hmm. Some fans deemed a gamble, but I don't think it was a gamble in the slightest. Was a certain Kyle Lafferty. That's a whole probably, different ballgame. <laughs> was probably another, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It just Keenan's second t- second touch to me yesterday seemed to be a tackle, yeah. um, and I could I could sense his frustration from up in the stand, if I'm honest. Yeah, and when you look at the midfield, the centre midfield. Ain't gonna give you any service. Walker and Claire comes in peaks and troughs. So, what have you? What what can you realistically do? Yeah, definitely. you've got Stephen McLean trying to link up with you now and then. Who, as I say, I felt sorry for yesterday, particularly in the second half. Um, but yeah, I, the the Kino the Kino one's a tricky one for me. I I like him, but we'll wait and see. The the jury's still out for me a little bit. Well. We've been dancing about it. However, I now have the squad up. So... Well, can I touch on Stephen McLean before we dig in? You can, actually, because I also want to say something about Stephen McLean. Because McLean, yesterday, for me, in the second half, what I don't understand is, ultimately, you were talking about the passing along the back, and you were right in the sense that it goes to primarily better and is launched long and forward. Yeah. Stephen McLean is 37 years old, if I'm not mistaken. He can't be over six foot tall. So he's neither a target man. He won't get in behind. He he ultimately is like kind of a a, a second striker and and that he could play a number 10 as well. He's like a deep line playmaker. I I, I feel like he could be a central attacking midfielder Mm -hmm. in support of a main man. Yeah, and could probably fill the role that I was talking about, Jamie Walker. But that's that's beside another. That's for another day. Um, so he he isn't a target man. He doesn't get in behind, but he's probably looking for midfield runners to take that next step. Yes. And yeah. Yesterday, we had absolutely none of that. Um, I I was particularly looking to the likes of of the wide players, your Machinos, your Walkers to get in behind because they're not the quickest let's be honest they're not the quickest yeah. but ultimately they're probably they're probably our best option Claire maybe another as our best option to get in behind well Mulraney when he's back happen. is good at that but the, but the jury's out for me oh, on him yeah I know yeah I know we're yeah. not going to speak about him now next week we well, can probably. when he's inevitably back yeah, yeah. but um, but yeah I just felt from McLean because I feel like he was trying to make things happen and ultimately, when you're relying on somebody of his age, he's not the quickest, like I say. And it, it just, 
He was trying to make stuff happen, but you cannot you cannot be relying on a sole striker when you're playing bottom of the league to be well, firstly getting you back in the game, or secondly taking the lead and beginning to make stuff happen. I, I like McLean, but I, he needs somebody up there with him. And yesterday, Kina wasn't that. Whether Uche is or not, I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. Well then, you've, you've been very scathing, so you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is now. <laughs> So, as I said, got the squad list up. So all I'm going to do, it's very simple. I'm just going to ask you, would you keep or would you get rid? And if you get rid, why? If I don't answer, just assume that I agree. But then if I do answer, we can have... Well, we'll, we'll, we'll take it in turns. Right, so you are you just going three keepers and then right the way through? Yes. Right, okay. Hit me with it. Right, so our number one... Get rid. Lamal. Get rid. Our number 23 on loan, Joe Pereira. I think he's the best of the three, but I'd still get rid. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the currently injured Colin Doyle. Get rid, sorry. But actually, to be fair, Doyle's had very few chances. It's because of that Motherwell game. Yeah. When they just... But, I'd still, but I'd, still, I'd still get rid, I'm sorry. Right, so Hartman Lothian there has no goalkeeper. <laughs> Till Craig Gordon signs in January. Yes. Hey, listen, there's been a lot of talk today on the. There's no way. There's no way. I'm telling you right now, there's no way Celtic will deal with us. Not at all. Oh, no, that wasn't what I was going to say. There was a a lot of talk about promoting Kevin Silva. I mean, we're currently in a relegation battle. I think a young goalkeeper is the last thing we need, but on you go. Yeah. Right. So, I have a feeling I know what's going to happen here. Michael Smith. Keep. AD White. Get rid. John Suter. Keep, but I'm frustrated at his lack of action. Christoph Berra. <sighs> this is the big one, isn't it? It's hard. It is. it is. I absolutely love Berra, but I'm sorry to say he is finished. He's not recovered from that Celtic injury, so just just retire or become part of the coaching staff. That's I'd love what to I was going to say. Football. I want to keep him as a part of the club, but, but not as a player. But no, nah, he's done, mate. The man who I kind of forgot existed, despite being the most handsome man we have, Ben Garuccio. That's very debatable. Um, no, it is. Who's more handsome than him? Well, Michael Smith's got a kind of he cool look yeah. about him. Yeah. Craig Halkett's a decent looking lad. He is, but Ben Garuccio's next level, mate. Wow. Anyway. Anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm not my girlfriend listening to this See, thinking I'm better but... for any of these, but uh, uh, Ben Garuccio, I. Actually, quite like. He's certainly not our worst left back. Um, I'm probably keeping. I I would agree. I think Ben Garuccio gets a hard time from people. So die. I. I think he was all right. So die. Right, this yeah. one I'm actually interested to hear your thoughts on because of mm-hmm. recent form. Mm-hmm. Jamie Brandon. <sighs> Sorry, get rid. Get rid. I know, I know he's performed well recently, but come on. I get, think he's get. the worst player at the club. No, there's there's worse for me. I think in the la- I know that's ridiculous. After his last two games, he's actually performed really well, and I think he will have been a bit gutted to not feature yesterday. Mm-hmm. However, 
I feel like the length of time he's been here, he's shown nothing. Yeah. I mean, I saw somebody on Twitter say that he's Elgin City standard, so yeah. that says a lot to me. Um, you've, not on, you've not touched on a couple of centre-halves, but obviously now Halkett. Craig Halkett. Halkett's a keep. Yes. A keep. But I am somewhat frustrated when I look at how Declan Gallagher's performing for Motherwell. I know, I know. I'm, start, I know. I'm starting to think we took the wrong Livingston centre. In fairness, though, Halkett's just coming back to full fitness. Yeah, Declan Gallagher's had his full season. He is. And to be fair, Halkett last season was one of the best centre-halves in the division. And, and before, I don't, he I don't hurt, that. before he got hurt, Halkett was our best player. <laughs> oh, listen, I think he's still in amongst our top goal scorers. Yeah, he is. He's so, from better with own goals. One of our best strikers plays centre-half. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, Clevy Dicamona. I like Big Cleave. I, I do like Big Cleave. He's, he's but, a lovely guy. But ultimately, oh, he's a character. Yes. But, uh, but I'm getting rid if it means that I can spend funds elsewhere. Not that anybody's going <laughs> to want him necessarily. His but... contract's out of, the, out of the end of the year as well. Yeah. And Sorry to say, Cleave. Finally, of the defenders, Aaron Hickey. <sighs> depends what. See, if you say leave. No, it depends what Man City are going to offer, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. It dep- in terms of leave for a big fee. Because, I mean, there's there's City, Everton and QPR, I think, supposedly. Yeah, with the three, yeah. Um, listen, I'd, I'd love to keep, but ultimately everyone's got a price, don't they? Yeah. Um, I think I'd probably take, let's see, 50 million, Phil Foden on a two-year loan, <laughs> and the possible option of Gabriel Jesus. And Guardiola to come in. Guardiola to be Stendhal's assistant yeah exactly right moving on to the midfield Peter Haring I love big Pete Uh, I really do but again it's similar to Suter in the lack of action I'm frustrated with but I'm keeping if if he's fully fit there's absolutely no debate he's the first choice yeah yeah he is and somebody that could ultimately fill in at centre half yeah exactly because he can fill in at centre half if necessary he can do centre half CDM and then that middle ground that no one yeah, really I, knows what the position's called, but he just kind I, of fills it. Uh, I love a bit of versatility, and exactly. I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a sucker for it. Um, so yeah, I'm keeping 100. Going from going from the versatile to the immobile, Oliver Bazanich. Goodbye, Cheerio. <laughs> Thank you very much for hee haw. Bye, Sean Clare. <sighs> it's another big one. It's another big one. <laughs> um. Bye. Bye. Big. Sorry. Bye. Big. Jamie Walker. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> um, You've just went through him ten minutes ago. I know. But you know what it is? See if he can be arsed. <laughs> He's one of our better players. And ultimately, I do feel from not being played in his correct position. Yeah. With Sean Clare, I don't know what his best position is. With Walker, I feel like it's as a number 10. And on that basis, I'm probably keeping if we can get somebody on the right-hand side to fill where he's currently occupying. Mm-hmm. You see my logic? I'm, yeah, some, I'm justifying it somewhat. Yeah. Uh, moving on to, in my opinion, the most frustrating player at the club, Jake Mulraney. Bye. Yeah. 
totally, totally agree. Not good enough. Sorry, not good enough. Going and from... and needs to needs to accept his criticism. If you if you are at a club of this caliber, having been let's face it, a squad player at Inverness, then I'm sorry, mate. You've got you've got to do more. Goodbye. Well, sticking with Ireland, Glenn Whelan. <sighs> like I say, be one of the first. If I took, if I went to the trenches, you, you said you'd go to war with them. I would. <laughs> and now, and, and now, but he's showing it at the minute, is he? Yeah, but now you're debating no keeping them at the club. Um, I would, I would if 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 we can dis- if we can get him back to his best. But listen, I don't think Stendhal will keep him. There's 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 a controversial opinion for you because I don't see how he comes to terms with this high press game. Yeah, personally, so. Listen, I mean, we, we can talk about who we want to keep and whatnot, but we ain't in charge, so yeah. we just have to wait and see what happens. Well, the next two players technically aren't at the club just now. However, uh-huh. they're on the oh, I, know, I know who they are. Yes, so potentially Glenn Whelan's replacement. The first one is Harry Cochran. There's absolutely no way that Harry Cochran can replace Glenn Whelan, and that's a fact. I'm sorry. Um, but I like Cochran. Um We've been touching on our pars pals. Mm-hmm. Both of mine said that against Dundee on Saturday yeah. that he wasn't great and looked off the pace. I mean, my mate Cammy, that I'm often in contact with, um, we talk regularly about one another's teams, whatever, and he just says that Cochran is off the pace a little bit. Um, and a couple pars pals have been saying that he's too lightweight and whatever, which I was wanting this loan spell to be the making of him. And currently at the minute, I don't think that's the case. Um, I think he's been unlucky with injuries and whatever, but I'm, I'm still I'm still keeping. I don't agree with the the recall the recall calls, if you like, on mm-hmm. Twitter. I think that's a bit. I think it's a bit desperate, but. Ultimately, when you look at some of our other midfield options, it's it's fully justified, I think, at the minute. So I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one for me. I, I get I get why people are calling for him, but I don't I don't see the recall personally. It's interesting because I was the same. I was thinking that he was going to go down there and boss it. Yeah, so did I. But really, of, did. because of the level he's played at. However, I always think back to. Ryan McGowan's loan spells where he didn't look like he was setting the place alight at all and then he came to us and just and Ryan has actually spoken about it it's quite interesting um, listening to the Cypher interview where Ryan says that there was an aspect of him where he was like I'm not I'm too good for this level so I'm not going to give it my all yeah he seemed humble didn't he Mm -hmm. and uh, when he was was centre mid with Ryan Stevenson. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... I'd kill for somebody of Ryan Stevenson's oh, caliber, by the way. He'd, an a- he'd be well up for this fight, I can assure you that. There's yeah. an aspect of it that, especially Cochrane, who's got a lot of games at premiership level, might just be thinking, I'm too good for this, so I'm not going to give it my own, and when I come back to Hearts, then I can give it everything. But we don't know. Moving to his on-loan compatriot, Anthony McDonald. We're talking about players on the right. Yeah, I'm I'm fully keeping. I think this might might irk a couple folk given their exploits in the team, both of them, but I I think McDonald is better than Harry Cochran, really. 
I really and truly I do. I think I think he's got a fabulous left foot. I think he's he seems more willing to take on a man than the likes of Jake Mulraney and whoever. And I don't I don't get why I don't get why he was loaned out at all. Um I agree. I think I think the League Cup game away at Cowden Beath, I thought he was the best player on the park yeah. at Centre Park that, that summer's night. I really do. I, th- I thought he was brilliant. Um, and I think he got the second goal. Not the second, yeah, I think the first the second one. Um, yeah, the McDonald one's a, a, a tricky one for me. I get, I, I got the Cochrane loan, but not the McDonald. I'm, I'm fully keeping it 100%. Like Demur. Four years. How are we going to get Jesus. rid of him? Jesus Christ. Four years. What, right. I know you've not even given your answer, but I can kind of tell what it is. However, I just don't understand how this guy was regularly, 36 games of the championship season that Cardiff had, Card- he played. I, I, don't, I don't get it either. I, I, you've literally taken my exact thought. I do not understand it at all. Um, listen, I was I was willing to give Demure a chance when he piped up in the press. And again... Like stop! This, this is his awesome. comment. I had a big issue with his comments because it's different when Sean Clare, Michael Smith, Craig Halkett are speaking about going. Listen, we know we're bad. However, we're going to improve. We're going to improve. I understand that false posit- positivity that even if they don't believe in themselves, they have to say it. But Demure's comments, where he seemed to almost insinuate that he's too good for this, saying that I didn't. Even I wasn't here for the relegation battle. It's like, right, see if Stephen Naismith is saying that. Then I get it, because yeah, Naismith has been, like, that's... But see if Michael Smith is saying that. Being like, I'm not here for relegation battle. And you can go, look, I've been one of the best players. But when Demure is coming going, I'm not ready for relegation battle, and has looked the worst signing by far. Like I say, four years. I mean, Christ. It reeks of Mallory Martin for me. Yeah. Um, but obviously different type players. But Demure, nah, I'm, I'm not having him. Sorry, it just like like you say, that many penances for Cardiff. But now I'm starting to wonder if the Championship's actually a decent league because yeah, no. Glenn, look at look at Glenn Whelan's appearances for Villa. His for Cardiff, like two of the better teams in that division, or that were in that division, I should say, yeah. when Villa obviously got promoted. So. <sighs> Well, we stay with another right-sided player, Cal Morrison, who I thought would feature yesterday. Is is he is he back? I, I mean, don't, I don't. I thought he was back. Was he on the bench? I, I had a feeling he was on the bench. I don't know, actually. I will find out as you're giving your answer. Go and check. Um, but mm, he's quick. He is he's very quick. His players. He is definitely. He does my issue with Morrison, right, is that he he's really good at getting past people. He wasn't even on the bench, by the way. Um wasn't. No, he wasn't. So I, he, he must, I don't, he must I don't be hard. know if he's fit. I had yeah. a feeling fit, so But the issue with Morrison is that he can always hit the byline quite well. He's really good at taking on the man. And then I've never seen a player not look up when he crosses. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's crossing and rest of his end product is questionable. I mean, I think I think he only got one last season, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, and that was against St. John's. Yeah, it was. 2-0. In, in the two, yeah. So, mind you, Marcus Godinho also scored in that game. So. <laughs> After, literally, in that slight detour, 
literally 30 seconds before he scores a goal, he's going to do nothing all game. And then he scored. And I almost got annoyed. Well, listen, shout out to the boy that was sat in the row behind me. This was in my, my Section G days. But he had 20 quid on Godinho for a goal <laughs> at 60 to 1. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so over a grand back. What was it? 1,200 odd back. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's a um, But yeah, uh, Morrison... Morrison I'm keeping, young lad, but ultimately McDonald miles ahead of him. But again, we've not got we've not got anybody on the flanks yeah. at the minute, so I've got no option to keep really at the minute. I mean I'm I'm probably looking at loaning him out again if I'm mm-hmm. probably too like a, a Dunfermline or what do we give him Tim Verness? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks thanks for Jake Mulraney and giving us absolutely nothing. <sighs> Here you go, Robo. Just Try and make him good enough for the, the club that you're a legend at. So, yeah. And then yeah, the I'll, final... I'll keep Morrison. Well, and then also, speaking about young Scottish players coming through, the final midfielder, Andy Irvin. Oh, listen. How How is he not getting a game for us, by the way? In our current situation... Can somebody riddle no me that? Hear, with no hearing, Irvin should be first choice. I thought, I thought against Dundee United, even, in the League Cup, he was brilliant. He took one for the team, scored. Yeah, it was a it was a fantastic game. <laughs> what what more do you want him to do? Exactly. And then I see the likes of Whelan and Bazanich yesterday. Bazanich is the contributing big one. absolutely hee haw. Yeah. So it's unbelievable that Ollie Bazanich gets get. You can at least say Whelan's pedigree puts him above Irving. Yeah. But what has Bazanich got that Irving doesn't? Andy Irving's set piece delivery is light years ahead of Oliver Bazanich's. Got the assist for Naismith. Um, Light years. I, I, I so, don't know what he's doing. I'd, I'm keeping. 100%, 100% I'm keeping. And I think he plays a pretty pass, but the hard the hard bastard aspect of his game needs worked on. So Glenn Whelan can tutor him to become a kind of all-rounder, if you see where I'm going with this. I, I think, think he can be... I still think though he's a bit of Raj sometimes. Yeah, well, him in the League Cup just don't get on. I um, know. So, <laughs> he's either ineligible or he plays and he gets sent off. So, yeah, I'm I'm keeping, mate. I'm keeping. Well, we now move on to the position that, in my opinion, has the biggest gulf from quality to nothingness. We're on to the forwards, and first off, new number nine, Connor Washington. I'd be inclined to agree with that statement. Connor Washington, I'm keeping. Yeah. I, think I, said, I said at the start of the season he needed that goal. Got it away at Motherwell, I think it was, was yes, his first. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm keeping. And to be honest, probably Naismith aside, is our best option up there. I think, for me. I think Stendhal's going to love Washington. I, I really hope that's the case. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping. 100%. I mean, a Northern Ireland international as well. So Yeah, Premier yeah. League X player. All that. Well, not not quite. Technically, obviously, Sheffield technically, what, technically yeah. he was on the books when they got promoted, <laughs> so it's fine. Uh, and then That's we move on like, to you'll... the best player at the club. So, see if, if you say leave, I'm going to punch you, Stephen Naismith. Frustrated at lack of action, file yeah. under John Suter, Peter Haring, but ultimately, I mean, I've I cannot I cannot I think I've run out of superlatives for Stephen Naismith. Yeah. I think. 
he is the difference for us and the main reason that we are where we are is because he's never fit and we're a much better team with him in it so it's a no-brainer for me and I know I know there's folk belittling the four-year deal he's made a glass all this which listen is is spot on but he is our game changer and it's really it really is as simple as that I'm keeping 100% well, going from the top to the very, very bottom and then some, Craig Whiten. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't care. But this, oh, I thought <laughs> he was even on the books. Like, he, oh. He was on the bench yesterday. I know. I mean, let's be frank. We're both young jambos. We haven't been blessed with great forwards of the, the yeah. John Robertson-like. <sighs> oh. I mean, I'm thinking... I think he's the worst striker I've ever seen for us. I'm thinking David Witteveen, Jamie Mole. Jamie Mole at least scored. No, he's both terrible. But Craig Whiten, I mean, I don't... I think he scored... The only goal I can recall him, sorry, ever scoring was the goal that sent Dundee United down. And that's literally it. Yeah. A boy that works for my dad is a big Wraith Rovers fan. And when he was on loan from Dundee at Wraith, he said then that he wasn't all that great, despite a decent return. And it is baffled that we signed him, as am I, as I think the majority of the fan base is. The only person that can answer that is, of course, Craig Levine. Uh, And for the fee that we've paid, sorry, like out of that Dundee team, we could have signed Glenn Kamara for 50 grand. And we've paid... Over double that for... I forgot that we actually bought Craig Whiten. Yeah. How depressing is that? Goodbye. Sorry. Not for me. Stevie McLean. <sighs> was only was meant to be signed as a coach anyway. But I mean, yeah. this this is the thing. Because we've obviously touched on a couple of strikers there. Your Shanklins, your Lafferty's that we could have signed. And ultimately would be ahead of McLean. But... He was the only one trying to make things happen yesterday. For me, we're one of few to try and make things happen for me yesterday. So I'm keeping. He can, he can retire here. Brilliant. Well done. Same with Aaron Hughes or whoever. Great. Fantastic. Contrib- contributed little, to be fair, but in small doses. But you can retire here. I've got no qualms with that. Yeah, I'm keeping McLean. Uchi Ikpezu is. I was talking about my dad earlier before before we came on here. Ultimately, to me, I know you really like Gucci. I do. <laughs> but ultimately, to me, is a glorified Christian Nadi. I think that's an interesting comparison because I also liked aspects of Nadi's game. I don't. I didn't like Nadi near as much as I like Gucci. But this is my argument with Gucci. Without him, <laughs> we have no focal point. Yeah, and yes, yesterday was the 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 primary, um, what's the word I'm looking example for? Example of it. Yeah, the primary example of that was yesterday. Absolutely, absolutely spot on. I think he is our only target man, so I'm willing to keep. But this this is a conversation I've had with many folk. If there are aspects of his game that if he worked on and improved, like he's signed for Hearts for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's a big lad. He's not slow by any manner of means. He puts folk about. If he could finish and was guaranteed 10, 15 goals a season, 
there's absolutely no way he'd be at Hearts. He'd be playing at a much higher level. Yeah. Um, as our only target man, I'm keeping, but, and it's a point I've, I've made to other folk, I, I feel like he, he needs somebody with him. I, as well. I fully agree. You saw that at both derbies at Easter Road. When McLean came on in the one all, Uchi for 70 minutes could do nothing, and then McLean came on, and Uchi seemed and a different player. For him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I fully agree. I I would be intrigued to see Washington and Uche up front. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But going back to the Nadi thing, I mean, Uche Uche barely scores the same as Nadi, but they love a goal against the B team. I was about to say, um, and that, so, I need a player in the squad that's like that. I didn't like that mentality of Hearts fans generally, where it's yeah. like as long as we're above them, it's like I don't care about them. But I always want yeah. a player who's just always get against them. I mean, it is quite it is quite remarkable, really, because um, I think Uche scored on both appearances to Easter Road. He has, he has. in the exact same See, way the, as well, in the yeah, almost identical yeah. goals. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it'd be nice to get one up them every now and then, but ah, exactly. Um. Whether he's good enough for us, I don't know. I, I think I think he needs a partner, like I say, because I look back and I'm thinking, Sandy Clark and John Robertson in my dad's era, probably for us growing up, it was the kind of Kevin Kyle and Stephen Elliott debacle yeah. I I feel like he needs a partner and whether Connor Washington could be that guy I I'm hope just thinking so. of like Andy Kirk and DeVries but yeah that's another yeah that's another good one um Christ that's old school that's like my first hearts game um yeah I was uh, I on on the date slight another detour on my fifth birthday is when <laughs> we beat Hibs 5-1 with DeVries scoring Jeez. four yeah, wow. Yeah, wonder when we'll next score five. In well, we just did. And no, but like in another game or like, how long will it take us to score five goals from now till what? Whenever fixture because February. fixture we've got. <laughs> I'm not even being funny. We've got coming up. I'm yeah. not even being funny. We'll, we'll touch on December fixtures later, with obviously Wednesday nights. Um, Big one. Um, We've only got two left, so Aidan Keener. Oh, Christ. Out of contract in the summer. Sheep. And then finally, Riotaro Machino. Hmm. Would I keep you, Machino? I'd get rid. Wow. I don't think he's shown anywhere well, near the corner. Well, we're going to go through your list shortly, so you can you can justify but I think ultimately I'm expecting more. But listen, our our track record with Loney's has never been great. I mean, I think I think Demi Mitchell's first time was about the only decent one yeah. from down south we've ever had. Yeah. Michael and Goo got a couple goals, but I'm thinking back to like Zfuke was quality in fairness. And I, I liked Malinkovic as well, but it, right. it seems like it seems like the foreign Loney's or he's from foreign clubs, I should say, are much better than the like British ones. Yeah, the domestic so I'm ones. Thinking, I'm thinking last last season or the season before, like Connor Randall and that, and I'm like, he how... was in that team that beat Celtic four 0 <sighs> But he was awful. He was. He was even perfect. even you've got you've got big Jambo Joel in goal now, yeah. and he's on loan for United. Like the Liverpool ones, Ngu and Randall have been the worst. Yeah. Um, 
Paul McCallum as well was absolutely terrible from West Ham. I remember Jesus, that. I forgot about Paul Jesus. McCallum. Oh my God. His, his feature in the relegation derby is the only thing he ever did. Yeah. Um, even then he was rank rotten. Um, would I keep you, Machino? I think he's different to what we have. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. I don't think he's... I don't think he's scared to take a man on. I don't think he's scared to ask for the ball, regardless if he just if he's having a poor game or not. He tries too many long range shots. If I'm being totally honest, yeah, definitely. Um, he's he's suffering in a poor team. I I mean I'd, I'm keeping till his his deal runs out, but ultimately I don't I can't see us renewing it. But listen, when we strike up a decent relationship with City for Aaron Hickey, Phil Foden will come up and all that, so... That'll be fine. Ilkay Gundogan, now the German link, we'll be fine. We'll be totally fine. Right, I've realised we've now been speaking for 70 minutes, so I'll rattle through my lot, because I think I agree with most of them, so I wouldn't keep any of the keepers. Well, well or I was going to say, is there, is there any that you differ on? Um, looking through it, I don't think so. I think I'd keep Claire. Would you? Just for this season. If he doesn't improve after this season, that's it. But I think... I just want to see what Stendhal can do with him. Fair enough. Okay. But I okay. think I think apart from that, I think we're pretty much exactly the same. Okay. Um. So, I, I noticed that there was, an, there was an article that somebody had done. Oh, actually, no. Because do you know who we've forgotten about? You've you've talked about Lonies. Ollie Lee is a player that's I wouldn't have him back. That's come up in conversation. You wouldn't have Ollie Lee, no? Nah. I think Ollie Lee had that great hey, listen, he's given me one of the best moments at Easter Road I've ever been at. It was oh, exceptional. That was amazing. But there's a reason we loaned him out, right? And I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting that because of our current struggles. And yes, he seems to be doing well for Gilliam. Or Gillingham, or whoever the hell you want to say. I think it's Gillingham, up the gills. Again. <laughs> However, I don't think he's any better than Bazanich or Whelan just now. Or wow. I that's, have a, him back. that's a big claim. I'm, I'm, pers- I'm personally wanting him back. Interesting. Because I think his set pieces are all right. That is, that is the one thing he brings. His set pieces were... He's head and shoulders above everybody else, basically. They were all right. And regardless, I think he's something that we don't have in that, yes, he's a central midfielder by default, but he was still getting up in support. So the likes of Naismith and whatever last season, got a couple goals. I think got the most assists of any Hearts player last season. It can't can't be any worse than some of the current midfield or not. But... On the same score, it's whether he wants... I think he's obviously opted for that move because he wants to move back down south, or so was the paper. Yes, yes. But this brings me on to my next thing, because whilst Ollie Lee wants to go back down south, there was somebody that had written a piece about ex-Barnsley players that Daniel Stendhal could opt to try and sign, Mm -hmm. and one of whom was Alex Mowat. Or more, I think it's ah, Mount, okay. that was previously of Leeds. Um, and my thinking is, he's out of contract at the end of the season. I would be tempted to try and offer Ollie Lee as an exchange. I'd happily have Alex Mowat for, for an out of contract Alex Mowat. Um, I, um, I have 
this is the weird thing. Purely because of Football Manager, I quite like Leeds. Because I... Leeds, I have to say. When I was... It was like the first FM I ever played, I did a Leeds career where I did like a 50-year save with them and won the Champions League and won everything. So I've always kind of kept my eye on them. And when Alex Merritt was coming through, I was... I really like him. He's an FM god. Yes. But, but last season... Obviously, he's a player that Stendhal knows well, notched goals. As, obviously, the article says the deeds, and if, if I can find it, I'll link it on Twitter. I'm certain I've retweeted it at some stage. Um, but I, my thinking is, if he's out of contract, then why not offer try and offer Lee in exchange? And maybe a bit, a bit of dough. I don't know. And obviously, clearly fits into Stendhal's style. Yeah. It would probably be one of, if not our best central midfielder coming up. So... Yeah, I'm all for it. And again, I've touched on it a lot. I'm, I'm starting to pick up that I'm touching on it a lot. But his set pieces and whatever, like you love piece, a set piece. I do, mate. But my my biggest bugbear and why I'm slating Oliver Bazanich so much is the fact that we can't. Because let's be frank, I don't see where goals come from for us, and yeah. I feel like set pieces are our best opportunity. Yeah. So when you've got somebody that is as terrible as he is on them. It only makes sense to try and get somebody that's better. In fairness, um, though, that's what Mallory Martin was brought in for. Set-piece specialist because of that one goal he scored in the Bristol Derby for a free kick. Well, well never forget his, his free kick against Hamilton Ackes. Oh, I mean, that, nice. that was a beauty. That's, always, that's his entire heart's legacy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So, we've touched on the St. Johnston defeat. Who we'd keep and sell? Possibly Alex Mowat for some reason. Yeah, Alex Mowat just be like, please, just somebody come up here. <laughs> what What are your thoughts heading into Wednesday night? Just a small matter of Celtic at Tynecastle Park. It would be the most heart of Midlothian thing ever to get beat yesterday and pull it out the bag on Wednesday night. It won't happen, though. I think it's going to be like 5-0. Um, we, uh, we were dis- I was discussing it with my dad, and we said exactly that. It will take an absolute miracle for us to get a result on Wednesday night, and you've heard it from me. I, I, I can't recall being less confident for a game in years. I'm trying to think. There is absolutely no chance we will get a result on Wednesday night. I think I had the same thought process going into the cup final last season. I think I was like, we've got no chance here. But you know what it was? See, see when I was writing for Not The Old Firm, mm-hmm. and I was doing my research, that one, one of the articles that I'd written was different omens involving London teams and like big matches. Right. So me being the superstitious little prick that I am, <laughs> I was thinking, we're going to pull it out of the bag. That Ryan Edwards goal, all my life, I was fully believing. And I genuinely cannot recall being as heartbroken after a match. Yes. Odson Edward. So, but I'm not I'm not feeling optimistic at all, mate. I, I just, really honestly, know. they could play the third string side and still comfortably, comfortably see us off. I mean, I don't see, they'll be playing their strongest team today. I haven't checked the Celtic team. As they take on the Mankey mob at Parkhead. I'll get it up there now. But 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Lennon reel out a Lee Griffiths, a Mikey Johnston, the the team that took on clues really on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he went as as low as some of them. So, I mean, I, it's currently nil nil as we write this. It's currently nil nil. As we write this, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not broken by heart so now I can't even oh don't, don't even get me started I mean yeah well the current team that Celtic are playing against Hibs is Forster Frimpong Beaton Julien Ayer Bolongoli Brown Macham McGregor Forrest Edward Christ so they've went full on Jesus Hibs, and it's still nil nil coming up to half time the uh, I I can't. I mean, obviously, their onus is now on the league. Yeah. Until um, the Scottish Cup comes around, but even then, they play they play a lower league team. I can't think who it is off the top of my head. Partick Thistle. Yeah. Yes, that's who it is. Um, so the onus is on the league. They absolutely love playing us. Always have done. I feel like. I feel like after Rangers, we're probably their most hated. Well, I have a few Celtic mates, and they're all, they always say to me that they prefer to play us because up until recent seasons, Rangers have been rubbish, but we've actually had a couple of decent results and performances against them, so they actually want to turn up and batter us more. I mean, <laughs> that, that says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Wednesday night, I'll obviously be writing a preview for who scored as well. Yeah. I, I could see it being... Four fives, easy. Well, what's quite what's quite interesting with that game is that I think again, Hearts fans will be going into it really downhearted, no confidence, but still fully behind Stendhal, which is something I wanted to quickly touch upon. Here we go. Here right. we go. Now, is this I, is this going to be regarding off the ball by any chance? I got mentioned on off the ball last night. No, you did not. Not, did you beca- actually? not because of that tweet. Because uh-huh. of another tweet. Was it the one where you added him? Yes. Did he actually mention that? Yeah, I got. I was in the house, so I didn't hear it. But my dad and brother okay. phoned me, and we're like, they mentioned that. And then Freel, who was on it, well, Freel, Kevin Freel, um, he fully supported me in it as well. He was wow, like, that's a fantastic uh, response, and what every Hearts fan should be maintaining. And I'm like, wow. yes, get in. Nice um, one. However, go and touch on it. Tell us, tell right. us the details. So, I'm in the car on the way back to my flat, and I just hear that obviously they're discussing the Heart St Johnston game because it's just finished, and both Tam Cowan and Stuart Cosgrove make comparisons to Stendhal's appointment of that to Neil Lennon's appointment when they won the treble treble last season, and the comparison they make is now it's very ham-fisted. Uh as is the usual however the point they're making is oh we don't know about Stendhal's appointment obviously you saw that Celtic this is what they said you saw that Celtic fans you'd you'd expect them to be jubilant after they won the treble treble however there was a lot of anger and discontent towards the Lennon appointment now we don't know if the Stendhal appointment will work out we hope so so they seem to insinuate that Hearts fans are reacting with anger and distrust and annoyance towards the Stendhal appointment because of the reaction that was on Twitter yesterday. But Mm. all I said in my tweet that 
people might have seen you were very lovely and retweeted it. Thanks, mate. And I appreciate, appreciate that. Um, Follow Daniel on Twitter, by the way. Exactly. Oh, we'll plug we'll plug our Twitters at the end. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, all my point was, it's just embarrassing to suggest that because the anger that Hearts fans have just now is aimed at the team. It's nothing to do with Stendhal. We all are just going like, Daniel, thank you for coming in. However, you've got a massive job in your hands. So I just was really annoyed that it was like, don't insinuate that within a day, Hearts fans are turning on our new manager. I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think you're spot on, mate. I mean, I, I, mean I, I also took to Twitter. And if any Hearts fans are blaming the St. Johnston defeat on Stendhal, I'm going to say it right now, I don't care who I offend. You are a moron. Yeah. Simple. Like, I said it on Twitter, but it's true. A, a pal of mine, Jamie, uses this this phrase. He can only pish with the cock he's got. Yeah. And what he's been left with is just, it's horrendous. Um, but another thing that, that um, grinds my gears, or has been recently, is like you say, the lack of media knowledge on Stendhal. I mean, I... I'll be the first to hold my hands up and say that I knew he'd got promoted with Barnsley. Didn't know a great lot other than that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you clowns are paid to do this. Like, get, like, do some research or mm, yeah. know your shit before you or, come on here. Or, don't, if you're not going to do that, fine. I would argue it's no fine, but fine. But then don't try and insinuate, oh, because Stuart Grosgrove then went on to say, Listen, I know that you might not be able to say this in this political climate. However, maybe it's the fact that he's German and that he can't oh, reciprocate his oh, thought God. process. And it's like, no, Stuart, the issue is that he's had four days to come into this side who is bereft of confidence with a brand new Gegen pressing style that is completely Body different. Best, of course. Yes, that is completely different to anything most of these players have dealt with in the last few years at the club. And as he has said, as the club have said, as a fan said, he had four days and the media were just going at him because he looked unkempt, even though he'd just taken training in a pissing hurricane, essentially. Yeah, it's it was like, off conditions. What it is... Welcome to Edinburgh. Yeah, it's just that he's not from Scottish football and the media up here hate that. Whenever a manager isn't from... Scottish football or in that Scottish football bubble because you can be from Scottish football or Scottish and not be in that bubble because Ian Cathro had the same now I'm not here to defend Ian Cathro but the just unbelievable reaction to the fact that he used a laptop was like are we in the 1870s here? Like, isn't it, Chris, isn't... Chris Boyd was very critical at the time as well yeah. like oh he's too quiet he doesn't speak right? So now yes he was not a successful appointment but it he wasn't an unsuccessful appointment because he was a bit quiet and used his laptop. Because by that logic, why is he currently a coach at Wolves who are flying yeah. in the Premier yeah. League? I, I mean, listen, I, I, I think you're spot on, mate. And I think the it's, it's almost like an unwillingness to accept that we've gone outside the box. Yeah, absolutely. I know everybody points at the Cathro thing for being outside the box. And yeah, it was his first job in management, whatever. But there's also some in the Scottish media. I just think, like, if you got Betty Vote syndrome or something, yeah, like, yeah. because he failed as Scotland manager and just so happens to be German, everybody seems to think that, or 
not everybody seems to think, but you know what I mean? Like, because Daniel the Scottish Stones football German, media. automatically a German can't manage in Scotland because Bertie Volks was a failure. Yeah. Like, can you riddle me that? I don't, I don't exactly. get it at all. And a, every Hearts fan wants the Stendhal appointment to work. There is no Hearts fan feasibly who is going, right, we need to already change it. Most Hearts fans I've seen are saying, give him till next season. Because then he'll be able to have a transfer window, a proper one, because the January transfer window is weird where you can only bring in certain players. But he'll have a summer after that to clear out, get in who he wants. And then it's like, right, next season we can start going, right, this is his team now. He falls and either succeeds and fails by his sword now. However, he's having to deal with players who Lavina's given four-year contracts to who shouldn't have four days. He's got a backroom staff that he doesn't want, that he isn't able to bring his up yet. And and I don't know if you've seen this, but in the last couple of hours, Ann Budge has given them his expectations. Oh, Christ. For this season, this season, not next season, what do you think our expectations are this season? The bloody better not be qualifying for Europe because I've, I can assure you, if, if he keeps us up, I'd take that. I'd take a decent cup run and keeping us in the league. But ultimately, I'd be happy to sacrifice the cup run if it meant that we were a Premiership club next season. Don't please, please don't say to me that she's given him the target of like top six or European qualification or just something stupid. Anne Budge spoke to the press and said that if Stendhal, can, she was like, I really hope that Daniel can get on a run because okay. if so, then we can do really well. And she was like, I know this might be a bit of a tough ask. However, yeah. I'm still wanting top four. Is she off a rocker? I wanted to wait until the end to tell you this. Top four? She wanted European qualification. So theoretically, we could win the Scottish Cup and finish 10th. And still well, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. We will not finish above Motherwell, Aberdeen. Kelly. Kelly. Hibs. Hibs. Dare, dare I say it. So your top six, as far as I'm concerned, is made. Yeah. If we, it's come to the point now where you're looking at like we'd be settling for tenth. Yeah, that's what that's my it's aim for this wild. season now. We're going like, to be rock bottom come Wednesday night as well. But I mean, you look at you look at the the points within the bottom six. It's not even that bad. Nah. Like, and I know she's wanting European qualification, but there's absolutely no chance of that. Not unless you bloody back him to the hilt, clear out a good three quarters of the playing squad, and totally transform our fortunes. But let's get real. I mean, she did insinuate that she was ready for big investment. I mean, is this European qualification in the form of the Scottish Cup? Um, or is it in league standing? She said. The, the quote is that she wants European football, but also to climb up the league. So I'm in, I took from that that she's wanting top four. See that? European football, but to also climb up the league. So climb up the league. But she was like, yeah, if Daniel can get out... Out... that that's separate from European football. So I feel like... If we burn... I swear she to said God. Something like... If we put all our eggs in the good. Scottish Cup basket... There is, we are finished as a football club. The priority has to be, it always has been, and always will be, as far as I'm concerned, our league showing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. the cups, the cups are a competition that we could get lucky in. Knockout football, you never know. But the league, 
the league has to be the priority. I'm sorry, we we are we are the third biggest club in this country, or we like to think we're the third biggest club yeah. in this country. I I think we are, but that's yeah. besides the point. Go and prove it. Like yeah, the cups. Okay, we might we might have we've been fortunate with cups in our lifetime. Yeah, that's absolutely. That yeah. always tells me. But it's it's easy to or it's easier to win a knockout competition than a league. So yeah. our league our league showing ultimately is what our season depends on. Absolutely. Really. Yes, the cups, are, the cups are winnable, but the league the league has to be priority. And there's 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 no way. There's no way we're breaking into top six, let alone top four. Well, here's the quote. She said, this, this might sound unrealistic given where we're sitting in the league, but there's still a long way to go. We're not even halfway through the season yet. If we get off to a flyer with Daniel, if we get a few wins, with the exception of two or three clubs, there isn't a big gap between the rest. Our number one priority is to make sure we're in the top six, but our objective is to try and finish in the top four. I'll be happy if we get top six. And I absolutely believe that's doable. Fair enough. All right. But I I can't see it. I can't see where our next goal is going to come from. No. Well, I mean, you look at the rest of the fixtures in the month. Yeah, exactly. Celtic Wednesday night, we can pretty much write that off. Hamilton away. Hamilton away is a six-pointer already. Yeah. You've then got the Derby on Boxing Day, which I know their record at Tiny isn't great, but... They're fine. Yeah. I mean, there was a a couple... I think the Kelly result in... Their loss to Ross County aside, they got off to a decent start under under mm-hmm. Agent Ross, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and then Aberdeen's record at Tynecastle isn't great either. Yeah. But ultimately, we're against two sides that are vying for continental qualification. So, and if we've just come off the back of a one 0 defeat to, let's face it, one of the worst teams in the league. I don't see where this massive gap, where this massive contradiction comes, unless you fully back him in January and say, clear out a good, I don't know, at least ten, half, a good ten players. Yeah. Well, and you're as... not, like, like you've touched on, you're not going to get that quality in January, supposedly. That's usually the myth. Yeah. So we better have stuff up our sleeve, or you can forget top four and top six. As we're that's, on that's the air, thing. on the air, we're recording it. But you know what I mean. As we're speaking just now, Christoph yeah. Berra has made a comment. Oh, brilliant! What's he come out and said? So this is the headline. Skipper Christoph Berra admits every Hearts player is now on trial under Daniel Stendel. So wow. he says there will be changes in January. He might fancy some of us, others not. I'm sure he want to bring in a few that he feels the team will benefit from. The players are on trial in every game. No one's place is cemented, no matter who you are. You have to produce. When it, of course we're in a relegation battle. Of course we are. The table doesn't lie. We're not naive enough or stupid enough to think otherwise. There's a lot of games to go, but that's the situation we're in at the moment. There's a lack of confidence here because we're not winning games. When it's not coming off for you, players can go into their shell. But you need to be thick-skinned and show big character. We must pull ourselves out of it because many of us won't last at the club otherwise. Can I just say... As much as it's great that Berra's coming out with this sort of stuff, I saw a lot of fans, because obviously my timeline, the Perth to Paisley timeline, I just follow Jambos. Yeah. So literally, hearts related come quarter to five on a Saturday, and there was a lot of folk belittling Berra for not coming over and thanking the fans for their support. 
So the fact that you've come out and said that in the press is cool. But ultimately, I mean, we, we're all worried. I'm, well, certainly I'm worried of an, in, an inevitable doing from Celtic midweek yeah. and then the Hamilton Ackies game. When in my life have I ever been concerned about Hamilton Academical in a league match? When? You t- you riddle me that. Yeah, no, I can't. Like Even Ross Callaghan was putting several past them for fun, even a, 18 months ago. I mean, it's just... How, how have we come to this? I don't understand. Well, that's the perfect way I feel to end the podcast summarising Hearts fans' opinions as we currently go into this. Thanks for listening to this quite depressing first episode. We really hope it perks up. No guarantees. Yeah, we hope that the first (laughs) season we start a podcast isn't when we get relegated. But hey, championship was fun last time. It was. It was. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, We will eventually, eventually after five episodes, be on Spotify. Um... You can't get in Spotify until you've done five episodes or something. Is that right? Yeah. So, mm. once we've done five episodes, we'll be on that. However, we're on Podbean just now. Probably Acast as well. I'll try and get us on that. But, thank you very much for listening. Adam, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Adam T. Kendall. Or alternatively, the Perth to Paisley is just at Perth to Paisley. And that's on all the socials. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. So alternatively, I mean, we'll look to Jambos if they feel like contributing. If there's anything you want to say on the pod that we, we can touch on, mm-hmm. feel free to email us. And the email is perthtopaisley at gmail.com. So perth2topaisley at gmail.com. And I am at MacIver the Mark. Um, we will be, the first stop for everyone will be the Perth of Paisley account. That will be the first time it's tweeted every single time we make an episode. And then me and Adam on our personal socials will share it as well. So, so make sure you're following all three. Yes, absolutely. For the best chance of not missing out. Exactly. So thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time.